0: Turned into Medieval's Radio, broadcasting live from Nelson Mandela
1: University.
2: I have fought against white domination. And I have fought against black domination. I have carried the idea of a democratic and peaceful time. In which all nations live together in harmony and with equal opportunity, it is an idea which I hope to live for and to achieve. But if needs be.
1: Nasa Mandela University Change the world
0: Hey, you are listening to The Benchwoman with Gorgz
1: you tuned into Madiba's radio Changing the world one voice
3: at a time
0: We are back on the Bench warmer. It is episode 13. I'm your host, Gorgs. Uh, I'll be your host for the next hour or so. On today's show, we have three guests, or let me say two guests, and a press conference held at Western Province Rugby as it discussed the resignation of two board members who were the directors of the main sponsors for West Province Rugby, Bright Rock and DHL. So after the break, we will start the show with the exclusive interview from the Former Premier of the Western Cape and newly appointed uh, West Ham's Rugby Chairman Ibrahim Rasul with businessman and president of the West Ham's Rugby uh, Union Zaldemaray on Madiba's radio, the best youth station in the Bay. The
4: opportunity to develop Eddie as chairman and only a five-week-old or six-week-old chairman ability to develop a deep relationship with them, but from everything I know, uh, people have been really appreciative of the kind of role that they've played. And so, as the chair of the board, I want to convey my sincere thanks to all of, the, to both of them. Um, I think that they have Western Province rugby at heart, and I think that they have eased the relationship between us and um, two particularly important sponsors um, for us i think that um, i'm reminded of albert einstein who said that in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity and so while we cannot change the decision of the two people who have resigned i think our task is to look for the opportunity within that i think that we have the opportunity to regularize the board uh, to make sure that we have a board that does not skim close to the quorum uh, line every time it meets. I think it's an opportunity to bring in particular skills um, into the board as we search for for the replacements. I think, for example, given the very complex times that we're living in, we need. A board member who could uh, really um, ensure that we have financial and uh, legal um, depth to the functioning of the board. I think we need people who understand sport and particularly what sport will look like and rugby will look like and Western Province will look like in a post-COVID period um, as we as we move forward. Um, and so. Kind of um, spaces. I think, secondly, um, it helps to get the demographics of the board um, a lot more representative. I think we need women. I think we need more black people. And um, if that coincides with the skills we require, then that would be a happy marriage between two needs. And then I also think that we need to regularize um, a particular relationship between ourselves and the sponsors. for me to question, but I think here is the opportunity uh, to regularize it and have really great union, board on the one side, sponsor relationship um, on the on the other side. So, all in all, I think that we are going to find um, opportunity um, out of the difficulty occasioned uh, by the resignations of Mr. Heddy Aymans and Ms. Suzanne. Stevens, they will be missed, but I think that they will be replaced. Um, And we are trying to do that in the shortest possible period of time so that we can go forward. I end by uh, reiterating that we are a union that have options uh, on the table for the financial sustainability, We put on a uh, on a good footing and in that we are not with a single option on any matter, but with multiple options, but we will fulfil each obligation to the existing offers that we are considering before even opening doors to any further speculation about um other like, remains speculation. And so Um, that really comes the way forward. Um, Our greatest danger in the province of rugby, our greatest danger um, is that we have teams who could be involved on national duty um, and deny us the full breadth of talent that we have in the Western Cape to put onto a Stormers rugby team. So let me leave it at that um, and see whether we could um, really um, invite some questions um, from you.
5: Mike.
0: Question. Yes, go for it. Who is that? Just introduce yourself. Uh, all right. All right, uh, Mr. for my from um, Good day, uh, Chair and Mr. President. Uh, obviously, in recent times, we've seen EP Rugby being liquidated twice, um, to be exact, in between board members resigning and losing sponsorships. Could we potentially see this happen to Western Province Rugby with how things are going uh, within the uh, administration of uh, Western Province Rugby?
4: I will give a short response and um, invite um, our president, zalt to to follow up. I don't think that there's anything um, similar to the situation at Eastern Province Rugby, unfortunately, and Western Province Rugby. I think we have a debt, an asset debt, that is enormous um, in Western Province. I think the move to Cape Town Stadium is potentially exciting, but it frees up assets that could be a blessing of Newlands and its property base to Western Province Rugby into the future. I think we have a player base that is the envy of unions and teams across the world. I think that we have a fan base that is enormously strong. I think we have a club base that is so deep, and the President and I engaged, for example, with a false Bay Rugby uh, Club two nights ago. The depth of understanding of even boardroom matters gives me a great sense of encouragement that the clubs, when they vote one way or the other, they do so on an extremely knowledgeable basis. So all in all, I think we are not in the unfortunate situation that EP Rugby has found itself. I think we are strong. Our circumspection, our caution must be that we are not strong and complacent because that is what will um, trip us up. And therefore, the search for an equity partner is an insurance policy. The mobilization of our asset base, which is the duty of the shareholder, is going to be our sustainable insurance. And I think that um our, our, our human capital in the Western Cape um, is one that we must jealously guard. But let me ask the President um to also respond. Thank you, Mr Chair and, 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 and thank you all, all the journalists on the
5: line. I I personally on behalf of, of the share shareholder being from the Right Football Union, we wish to thank both Jenny Haymans and Suzanne Stevens for the invaluable service over the years to Western province. We're definitely going to, going to miss their, their thoughts and their deep, deep think, thinking. But I'm, I'm sure they will be always available for us to, to engage on an ongoing basis. With regards to the question that you raised about the EPIC, the, the, um, as the, the, the Chairman alluded, the circumstances here at Western province is very d- different in, in what we're trying Cape. Although, if you look from the Eastern Cape right down to Cape Town, we're sitting with about 75% of all rugby players here in, in, in the thing. So, so so, this should actually be the gold mine of rugby in South Africa, just in block. We, we might even go, go further, actually, it's the biggest concentration of rugby players in the world sitting in this. So there's a lot of untapped wealth sitting in there and from western province side we've even given our assurance to eastern province and the king side and both the Saros that we want to do everything in our power to ensure actually that we walk along very closely to the eastern cape craters and both SUD and woolen to ensure that they, they, they take place, their rightful place, in SRI at least in the next three years or, or so. The, the, the future investment Province is it's, it's, it's strong as good. As the chairman said, we, we we come here from a shell of the base and, and the union base, uh, sitting with a massive portfolio of assets that will be unlocked over the next three, four, five years. It's, it's going to be quite a bit. But we, we, we are openly looking for an equity partner, but not just equity partner as an investor, a person that specifically can add value and to give guarantee and assured value based on economic tested terms. there is not just warm words and promises. We, we want to make sure whatever we do actually should be committed legally and, 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 and it should be a win-win for both for parties. And as they say, actually, you don't just rush into a marriage. This is a long-term rush entry. And sometimes the, the the dollars might be flat and looks nice actually, but as you know, there's a saying the, the short term greed could be a long term disaster. This. So we must be very sure in terms of where we're going to and how we're going to do it because we've got a fiduciary duty for the right wing public and for the constituents we serve actually to do the best thing. So we're busy working with our actors and our advisors to go through each and everything to ensure what we do is best for right wing South Africa and for Western country. Thanks, uh, Mr. Uh, Brendan, I think you had your hand up. Do you got a question?
2: Yes, yes, thanks uh, to either the gentleman. Uh, uh, but um, f- first of all, you guys have both come here with a painting a very rosy picture after the last two independent directors have now resigned. In the past few months, we've seen the CEO leave, a uh, committee formed to replace the CEO, which now Mr is the only person left on that committee. We've seen every single um, non, non-independent or non uh, the independent directors leave or be, or be uh, their terms not renewed, um, you've done a property deal which a lot of people don't know the don't know flight in the property industry, they say nobody's ever heard of them, and it looks like you're now trying to renegotiate that deal, and then there's the deal with the, with the Americans that doesn't seem to be getting to a point. Um, do you still believe that this is a rosy picture for Western Province rugby, given all these circumstances? And then secondly, Mr. Murray, you also said now you you're looking for an equity partner who will walk the walk with you as such. Does that mean you have a point where you don't believe the, the offer from the American Consortium is the right one for Western Province?
4: Can, 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 can I just say, um, this rosy picture, there is no rosy picture in rugby as a result of COVID rugby weather in any part of the world is facing enormous challenges and so we are all thinking about the future of rugby going into uh, the post covid period we are still playing with empty stadium we are hoping we can add that we are hoping we are fully on board by the time the british and irish lions are coming here we are looking forward to the super 16 or the pro 16 that we need to have, and so we're not, it's it's wrong to speak about a rosy picture, we have difficulties, but I think what we are saying is, if anyone is going to be able to um, to pull through, it would be Western province with that base that I spoke to you, not only concrete assets, but human assets, playing talent, and uh, public support, so I think that that's the one thing, but because we have that confidence, we are saying that we have the ability to plan for the sustainability of Western Province Rugby without our backs being against the wall. The property deal, we have um, we have been told by the shareholder that they are going through it and that they will be able to know within the next few weeks. Um, where the negotiating points are there in terms of the Mazzotti or the MVM proposal. Um, we want to say that I have been instructed as um chain that we write to to, 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 to to MVM to say that we know that there's a possibility that Mr. Mazzotti will be um, in South Africa in November. We'd like to meet with him, but we want that to be a decisive meeting which says a or nay. Secondly, we are saying that to prepare for that meeting, I will write to Mr. Mazzotti and ask him to give us three things in documentation form. The one would be put the financial proposal on the table in clear terms so that we separate the chaff from the wheat. Secondly, we are saying give us the strategy that you have spoken about that adds value to the franchise. And thirdly, tell us who the consortium is so that we can commence with a due diligence. And if we do this all within the next few days or weeks, we would be able to come to a definitive um, position. So all this idea about the what has ended with Mazotti is the exclusivity period. But the conversation is certainly going on and it needs to move to the next level. And we will, we will request uh, for all of those kind of things to be um, on the table. And so I can in short tell you that the flight issue is going to be subjected to legal and actuarial scrutiny. And the, um, the Mazzotti deal, we will now request those documents in writing so that we can have the conversation uh, in a decisive way when Mr. Mazzotti is in Cape Town or even electronically, if needs be. But I don't know, uh, Mr. President, if you want to. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Chair, and, 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 and thank you. I mean, I,
5: we, we just wish, wish to uh, um, um, inform the, 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 the region and the public of the Western province is really in, the, in a better position than probably multiple of, of, of other franchises, as, as we are the only uh, of, of, uh, organisation probably with as a right to the that is going got a backup asset by second two to to announce that we will will not just. So we, we don't want to merely dispose of those things, but we want to unlock the values, so we can. We, we, we need to ensure there's a long-term sustainability for the whole organisation, and we've got a duty to do things very responsibility in, in, in terms of the the, the, the deals as we did. We're not renegotiating really anything. We are just tuning the fine points we're getting in the long form of, of, of the agreements, and as again, as a mere fiduciary duty responsibility, we have to do on behalf of our shareholders to ensure that what we do is the correct thing. If we can uh, do it
6: in that order, please. I, I, I put my hand up, Mike, before Steve. Craig, okay, let's go with you uh, then. Thanks. Uh, just Craig Ray from Daily Maverick. Just a few direct questions. Uh, I was curious to note there that Mr. Rasul said um, the, the flight deal must be subjected to legal and actuarial scrutiny. scrutiny. Um, we were told, and I was sent a statement uh, on June the 30th from the President, that uh, due diligence had been done on this deal, uh, and I would imagine due diligence takes into account legal and actuarial um, subjectivity. Also, has Flight Paid, the 100, or Dream World, paid the $112 million over to Western Province uh, at all? Um, has the outstanding loans to Remgro and Investec being paid back as a result of that outstanding loan. Uh, that's it for now.
5: Thank you okay for, 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 for those questions. Yeah, let me start on on the last section. On yeah, yes, the, the loans has all been uh, repaid. Everything has been been done from that point of view. Um, I think with 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 regards to the due diligence, there is what when, when the deal was approved by the executive committee and the, and the clubs, there was certain um, 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 subjects to it that had to be put into the long forms of, of agreements and it was both also, it was basically from the committee, the, the, the ultimate shoulders with the club and the external court, um, to, 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 just to say that the deal will be proceeded with once these conditions are all fulfilled, and and, and, and these are, are, the, are the due diligence that our Chairman is referring to that have to be ensured that it's part in the long-term uh, agreement. And, and, and of course, we, we we sincerely hope actually that these things will be all settled out in, in the
6: next two to three weeks. Hmm. So, sorry, if I could just follow up quickly then. Uh, has the, the, what is the line more or less, then, for this development uh, with flight? And has the Western problems DEFCO been established yet? Yes, there's been two DEFCOs established, one for the Brookside development and one for the Newlands development. Now, uh,
5: As you know, the, the development or, or, or the rezoning place can take anything from about 18 months to, to two years, sometimes three years on, 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 on the bigger development. We um, are open for the Brookside to be the early one to kick in because it's a much smaller development and that will create probably a cash flow in a shorter period. On the, on the newest development, the, the, the full development could commence in about three to four years' time and the development period could be anything from seven to ten years before. It is one of the, the, the bigger developments here in the Cape and it, it could be the development of the century going forward. And that is going to going to, going to create a sustainable cash flow for, for, for the, the full development But but, but of course, it will also be a backup source for the professional harm for us. So, so from from that point of view, we're very excited about it. And and, and of course, we are working closely to to, to the city because what we've done here we've unlocked a a massive asset for the city, and the city has to come in partnership to ensure, actually, that we also unlock the asset that we've closed down here here, here, at units.
6: Zel, sorry, I, I keep falling. I, I, I do hear you. I mean, in theory, that, that it works well, but Western Province is primarily a rugby union, not a property developer. Is there, you know, seven to ten years uh, going into a property development deal in a post-COVID world? Does it still look like the best option on the table? It, it, it's it's
5: great. It's, it's definitely better, and unless you you could actually see that that you're an expert on the topic, and may, may, maybe you can advise us better what we. Well, I'm not claiming to be an expert, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> a development of this nature will be built in phases. So we'll have your phase one and your phase two will we'll, we'll complement and that will bring up immediate cash flows. Then your phase three will begin and your phase four will begin and your phase five will begin. And then, as you appreciate, we've also got a number of of properties alongside Newlands also and those will be also developed parallel to, to, to those. So there's, there's a lot of activation that will happen. Therefore, I say everything together as a pocket, as a collective, it will be anything from seven to ten years. All right, question from Stephen, guys. Sorry,
6: we've only got five minutes left. Hi, Ambassador and Mr. President, uh, thanks very much for taking our questions. Um, I've, I've just got uh, two questions. Um, this is also to, just to deal with the flight. Um, I just want to make uh, sure, because the uh, the messages are a little bit inconsistent. On the one hand, there is uh, that the clubs are still going through it. And then, um, Mr. President, you seem quite confident that, that everything is going to go ahead. But let's say the worst comes to worst. I mean, um, you know, Western Province has already taken Dreamworld's money. So is there a way out for Western Province here, uh, potentially? Uh, could you not end up in another legal battle? And then regarding the new board members, um, Mr. Chairman, uh, you obviously there's a possibility that you make an equity partner uh, um, is, would it be prudent
4: to leave some potentially leave some positions open yeah. can I just say I, I don't think we are we are in a worst case scenario um, at all. I think um, I would prefer the, the president of the Union to be subjected to why is it taking so long? why are you negotiating as Opposed to being subjected, why did you make a stupid deal that had loopholes in it? So, so let's not say that what we are characterizing is a worst-case scenario that is in the making. Um, so, I, I think, I want to say, let us give um, the process over the next few weeks the kind of chance to mature. And, um, and we will um, be able to make those kind of decisions on the basis of fact and not on the basis of scenario planning um, in this kind of sense. On the new board members, I don't think that it is. It is our intention to go the whole um, twelve yards or twelve members in this case um, of the um, of the board. I think that we want to understand what requirements unfold of us, but we certainly want to get out of any danger to a quorum. I think it's wonderful to get demographic um, representation um, for for the board and I think it would be excellent to bring in the kind of expertises and to see if all of those um, gel as we go forward. I think Ashwak was
2: next. Michael, yes I am Um, here. Zelt, you are the elected president and and leader uh, um, of Western Province uh, and you are responsible to your shareholders which are the clubs. So, uh, two questions. Firstly, how much of an assurance can you give those shareholders that your top players, your Springbok World Cup winning Springboks, will remain at Western Province and Stormers for the foreseeable future? And also, how, what kind of timeline do you have? We will see some benefit to your shareholders who are long-suffering clubs in, in many communities who don't have the means to even maintain the, their own playing fields.
5: Thank uh, you. As we we can give you the the assurance that 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 we will retain all our top performing uh, players and, and and we sincerely hope that 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 we do not incur injuries along the way because we've invested heavily because the clubs personally have invested a lot in those players last year prior to the World Cup. And I, we don't want to re-emphasize much more. Actually, if Western Province why Club did not invest in those players in 2019, there would be no World Cup today in South Africa. And that is the commitment that the clubs has given us to South Africa. That 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 we care in, in terms of what what we do, and we, we will give the assurance that uh, we, we will retain all our, our top players. Uh, our, 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 on a continuous basis and even its perpetuity and, and, and because of the bulk and the street of the with, with regards to the to, to, to the clubs return, as you know the clubs has done a heavy investment in in the professional arm itself. And now it's time for the professional arm to deliver, to perform, to 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 start giving those returns back to it. And and also complementing with this and,
0: That was the former premier of the Western Cape and newly appointed West Palms Rugby chairman, Ibrahim Rasool, with businessman and president of the West Farmers Rugby, Azalde Mare, chatting about politics and business in sport. So obviously, we all know that West Palms Rugby Union will be relocating to the Cape Town Stadium at the end of the year. So next, we have Ntetileli Biko, um, lecturer at Nelson Mandela University. Mr. Beaker, welcome on the 13th episode of the Benchwoman with Gorgz.
7: Good morning, morning, Nathan. Um, yeah, thank you for having me here today. Mm. Uh, yeah, I actually don't like doing these kind of things. I, I'm a very reserved and shy person. So
0: that's what, that's what um, they will say. That's what they all say until we get to know the person. But anyway, firstly, Mr. Beaker, can you share a bit about yourself uh, for all those listeners who don't know who you are? Um, who you are,
7: where you come from, and what do you do as a profession? Okay, thanks. Um, so my first name is Mtetileli, uh, surname Bigo. So a lot of people call me by my surname. Started in high school, I think, or primary school because people had trouble pronouncing my name. Um, so I'm born and raised in Port Elizabeth. Um, one of three kids. I'm a middle child, obviously, you can, um, you can tell um, by the way. Um, so I'm a bike by this is my profession, but I'll, I'm also a lecturer. So I mainly lecture exercise science mm-hmm. at the Department of Women's Science at the Nelson Mandela University. Um, yeah, so I've studied here at the Nelson Mandela University, worked here. So since um, the past eight, nine years, I think, mm. I've been in industry. So as a student, I worked at Virgin Active as a fitness instructor, um once completing my study i worked quite extensively with the eastern cape academy of sports um, which is a branch of the department of sports um, of the province and in that capacity i've had the privilege of working um, with boxing in all kinds of capacities so from the provincial team so when it came to hosting camps uh planning strength and conditioning um monitoring the athletes uh, all kinds of programs also worked with the south african and Lesotho national team Um, because most of the athletes in the national team were from our province and so are. Um, As we know, the Eastern Cape actually produces, usually produces some of the best boxers um, in the country Mm. and there's so much talent coming from here. Um, I'm also an educational officer for the South African Institute of Drug-Free Sport, Um, Been doing that for quite a few years now. Prior to that, I worked with them as a chaperone when I was still a student. That I was involved with the actual dop- doping control process, so testing at events and collecting athlete samples. Were
0: you, always, were you um, all suspicious with the uh, students, um, your own students, um, even athletes <laughs> who were trained there? But I'm sure you asked me one time, you you, should get tested. Uh? No, 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 it's all banter.
7: Okay, all, uh, okay. Just banter.
0: checking.
7: Yeah. All banter. Yeah. But, um... um yeah. it, it is a reality in sports today, uh, but yeah, so... Yeah, you we're not going that direction today. Hopefully, okay. um, right. Yeah, we can have another day.
0: Yeah. So before we start the main course of the show, I believe um, you're quite involved with the company that provides recovery uh,
7: therapy to athletes. Can you share more about that? Okay, thank you. So the company is called uh, Flash Recovery. So Flash Recovery, they basically try to bring a balance between recovery and performance. Um, so it's a local local brand, founded by two young professionals, so two mates of mine, actually, um, one a physio and the other pharmacist. And um, the reason, obviously, I've been involved with them is they are uh, they are quite a they provide quite a good service. The the products they 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 share or sell are actually of good quality, especially now during um these these um hard times of lockdown Mm. um as they their product ranges from um bands so resistance bands which um you could use anywhere so Mm. it allows you to train at home in remote areas because it's it's still harder to access gyms maybe or people don't feel safe going to the gym Mm. it's still uncertain uh, times so they stock uh, foam rollers um in many other recovery equipment, from trigger balls to the, compressed person, um, the leg compressing uh, device. So There's quite a few things they stock, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these things are for everyone. So you don't have to be an athlete. It's from the, your regular Joe to your high-performing athlete. Can I, can I
0: perhaps um, um, get myself a pair of those uh, those uh, leg leg warmer things that you guys uh, have? <laughs> you must tell the, oh, you Must okay. tell must tell your sponsors that you provide me with a pair for free. Oh, okay.
7: Um, yeah, so those—that's one of our most expensive um, set of equipment. Yeah. Um, so, obviously not everyone can buy that, but we do sell that. At times, also, they we can um, people can rent them out. Um, so they, they, there's a there's a there's a a plan we could do or make a plan for you to access that. Okay. Not about giving it to you though, uh, but. Uh, We can organize something for you to have access to it. Alright. What's the name?
0: What's What's the name of the
7: of the equipment again? So it's a leg compressor.
0: Okay.
7: Um, So the specific one um, that is stocked by uh, Flash Recovery is um, I'll let you know again. But yeah, so it's basically a leg compressor. So a lot of times when we train, um, there's inflammation in the muscles.
3: Hmm.
7: So with that compression obviously it helps with recovery there's been a lot of research um being done with that so the ones that's that um flush stops is called the air press so it effectively increases circulation and then reduces the inflammation in the legs or you could be using your arms and um so not just for performance as well so it's uh been known to help with uh diabetes or many other conditions where circulation may be a problem um yeah and then obviously hubs with recovery for athletes it's called the air press all right so
0: anyway uh, on onto this segment of today's show
7: um we'll talk
0: about exercise specifically post covid so outside of the lecture halls do you perhaps have any
7: hobbies you are in, um, interest, interested in yeah so at the moment um quite into my running Mm. so i've tried a few few things uh so as a student well going back as a kid growing up i enjoyed football so i played football cricket not very good at it though uh played that i enjoyed that um when i got to university played a bit of football but um didn't get into it as much and then um i got into rowing a bit um and i also actually am a I was, I was coaching the Madiba's rowing team, so I'm also a, a level one uh, rowing coach. Um, but at the moment, I'm actually into my road running. So, mm. I stopped rowing, uh, I gained a bit of fat. Um, as it happens, obviously, when you are not as active, but still eating the same. Yeah. So I had wait, so I needed to find something to do, and then I started running. And I started actually doing the Naisner half marathon um, with some mates and i enjoyed it a lot so once i'd completed the half i was looking for a new challenge so i decided why not do a marathon so mm. i think that was like years back so the first race was the nice the half and then same year i decided to do the pe marathon at the end of the year uh that was quite the experience Yo.
4: mm.
0: obviously you've mentioned you, um, you've recently started running now, uh, as we know, there are many cities uh, that are hosting the virtual marathon. Um, obviously, there's one happening this weekend in, in Cape Town. Yes. Are you pot- perhaps participating in, in any virtual marathons?
7: Um. Yes. Exactly. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, obviously the lock, the 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 COVID pandemic and also lockdown has forced us obviously to to adapt and change the way we do things. So it mm. was it was kind of weird. So the Obviously I run and I love enjoy running because it's one way I, I keep saying and throughout lockdown actually I've participated and entered in quite a few of these virtual runs or races. Mm. Uh, it's something I used to do pre-lockdown and I was happy that we are still able to to still participate in these races. Um, it's not the same as being at an event um, but it's better than nothing so this weekend I'm taking part in the in the Sunlum Cape Town virtual marathon. Mm uh so i'm doing the full one so they had options for full marathon which is 42.2 kilometers there's the and half, half.
3: 20,
7: and then there's also a 10k um
0: but yeah and so and, and the do. 5k which i'm which
7: i'm doing keep keep it <laughs> all done, all <laughs> yeah. done. so there's a big thing a lot of times with these big races is traveling to cape town even though it's part mm-hmm. of it it's it's nice mm-hmm. to travel is maybe sometimes people don't have the luxury or the luxury to pay for Uh, transportation to get there or even accommodation and the time so now the nice thing with these virtual runs you can do it the comfort of your own city and a lot of times routes you know so um yeah so i'll be running uh hopefully uh, a sub four that's my goal and then obviously along a route i know so should be more comfortable for me Mm. so obviously do you think it's it's the way that's the kind of the world is going
0: in, um, in terms of virtual runs and and remote work. Do you think that's that's a new norm that we're heading to, and do you think it's 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 a good idea for us to head head towards that direction?
7: So, in it's uh, a good question, actually. So, in the profession as well, biomechanics, and in the in my academic um, circles, the virtual thing we we've been talking about it for some time now. And we were looking at it as a thing that's gonna it's a far 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 distance thing. It's gonna be in the future. The way we were talking about it before, and then COVID happened, and we were forced to actually live in this thing now because we always knew this was coming. Mm. So from uh, the the bio-kinetic side, practice like virtual consultations and all that kind of stuff is something we obviously thought would happen in the future. Same thing with um, remote learning and and work. We thought of something that would happen in the future, and COVID has actually forced us to. to get there now so it's forced us to move quicker than we had anticipated um it's both good and bad i believe um i think obviously we we have to adjust and move with the times like some of the the good things of of the the remote is um i know of students at times who lived say further from campus who had to travel would take multiple taxis to get to campus mm-hmm. um, and now that's not an issue. They can learn from home um, with lectures themselves. When we had lectures, um, at times some students don't, they can't focus in that setting mm-hmm. uh, or they can't make it. And now with everything being recorded, people can review at their own pace and work at their own pace and go back to what was said or any questions that were addressed. And then as well, just convenience. So um convenience of not being not um having to leave your house so you could learn from home you could work from home get a lot of stuff done um yeah so the, it has been challenging um trying to maneuver and find ways but again there have been a lot of opportunities so i've been it's been good to see a lot of exercise uh professionals so you have some personal trainers and um a lot of other health professionals. Uh, rising to the occasion so people have been coming up with apps um, to work with Um, a lot of people are doing video and remote training and um, again so with times like these it presents obviously a lot of challenges but again more opportunities uh, for people to through what's the word to grasp or to grab so um
0: for for the for for how long would it take for a beginner in road running be able to compete in a half or full marathon uh, taking into account the genetics and external factors.
7: Yeah, so um, I thought uh, for me as well. I thought I was running was never for me. I never really enjoyed it, but obviously I've been active um, throughout my life. So from childhood to adolescence mm. to adulthood. So, As I mentioned earlier, I played played football. So there's a lot of running involved. I used to hate it though, and uh, as a in football, I played centre back. So Didn't run, cover as much um, distance distance as the other players. But obviously, it was a bit of running. And then, after high school, obviously, I rode. So, there was not much running. I'd run once, whenever. Um, But it's possible for everyone. Depending, obviously, there are a lot of factors. So, how active you are, fitness levels, injury, um, injury history. Um, A lot of times, we would advise six months is always like a... A good time period so you need to build a good base um, from that obviously you can get into the more specific training but my advice is always just talk to a professional consult a professional um, consult a biokineticist near you lot mm. um, of information on the internet um, so we just search someone and they're able to guide you because the idea is obviously a problem we we have at time people when they start A new exercise regimen is they go too hard. Mm. They want to go in full force, and then that could lead to injury, or could just lead to them um, not adhering to this new plan or new thing that they wanted to get into. So, a marathon or half, say half marathon, six months is always like a a safe, safe time period. Are you interested in doing one? um uh,
0: maybe half one day um obviously um, we have obviously been training quite a bit doing a bit of 5k's i try to keep up with you but obviously you're just too too experienced so moving on to the next question so obviously we, as we know covid 19 happened and the country was put under lockdown for relatively long duration uh, recently announced it was announced by the government uh, we were allowed to do physical activities outside of our homes now, for a person wanting to do to compete in any form of competition, but in this case, well, we focus on road running. How could one pre- prepare at home during lockdown? Obviously, we know that to only, we, have, we have actually haven't had um, um training or duration of six months to prepare because yes. of lockdown. So, how
7: do you how does one prepare for for um for competition? That's a tough one, so yeah, lockdown was a bit tricky, especially the earlier stages, stage five and four. I think it was stage five and four where you're not allowed to leave the house.
1: Yeah.
7: Um, again, um, with that, there were actually quite a few initiatives taken by some groups, some social media um, on Strava where there were challenges. There was um, this, excuse me, there was a challenge called the the lockdown home run. So people were running in their backyards. Mm. was not easy i remember myself i did a half marathon in my yard, um but it's not advisable because obviously running in a small space repetitive movements um it is a bit hard but if in those circumstances obviously any bit of movement helps so like we know that um exercise has many benefits including um strengthening of your immune system it can't obviously prevent you from contracting Uh, coronavirus but obviously it helps to boost your immune system so Mm. it is always advisable so when you can't run um any form of activity will help because we know when you're running using mostly you bear on your on your on your legs Mm. and obviously your core needs some some work and obviously the cardiovascular system so if you're in a confined space uh advise doing bodyweight exercises so from your squats to your lunges any core exercises at least if the base is strong um when you are running you'll be more efficient when you do and you're able to run but obviously the best way to pay for running race is to run um and then if you have access to any other cardio uh, equipment so from a bike to a rowing machine to any sort of other cross training or even a, you know, any form of cross training would be effective and then obviously if you just doing it to participate then that's fair but if you obviously going there to do well again um, talk to a So um, also advisable for the best results I'd always say speak to a professional um, they're able to guide you obviously with their knowledge, Uh, they can actually set realistic and attainable goals for you so knowing what you're able to do they would know what you have access to and um, they'll be able to get you there more efficiently and more effectively Um, but if you don't have access to that then um, I'd always say being active at least three times a week so that's just for general fitness uh, and general wellness and health but also just for running for any race or any any competition you'd need to run at least um three times a week Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. even if you start off by running and walking so walk run um there are a lot of people who have gone from like they call them couch to half marathon or couch to whatever race Mm -hmm. people have never run before Mm -hmm. and they start running and they actually it changes their lives and it just becomes part of them so um yeah anyone and everyone can do it uh, but obviously, there are a few things we need to look at. So injury history, um, risk stratification, and a few other other factors. Yeah. Um, so obviously, we're running out
0: a bit out of time. Um, so last question, looking at the nutritional aspects of com- competing half a full marathon, what eating routines or schedules should one stick to uh, leading up to the event?
7: Yeah, before I answer that, I'd just like to state clearly that I am not a dietitian thank you for this. okay thank you for that um, yeah but i'll try my best and i speaking from my experience um so a lot of the reading up i've done and from knowledge obviously you you don't want to drastically change your diet it's just um the idea is let's say there's a thing called tapering so prior to doing any endurance event it or any competition really or or any athlete is it's important to taper prior to the competition because you want to ensure that you are well recovered mm. you're not performing at your best um during this competition and so when it comes to training for a marathon or a half um there's a thing called tapering usually occurs anything from two to three weeks what this means is you're just uh, decreasing the load um so let's say i was running 200 let's say be realistic 70 kilometers a week so as i'm getting closer to the event i need to run less of that so it doesn't mean i'll cut the intensity but rather the actual total load to ensure that i'm well recovered because i don't want to be tired when i do do the race i want to be well rested and nutrition plays a big role in this case because that's where we get our energy from that obviously helps with the recovery as well so the What we do know, what research has shown shown for us is um, carbs. Carbs are a good source of energy, uh, but obviously good carbs and complex carbs. Um, So I'd always recommend carbs, and always actually a a balanced diet. But obviously leading up to the competition, you may um, increase your carb intake a bit more. So I'm not saying eat more food, but the actual total makeup of whatever you're eating should have a bit more carbs and also hydration is always the most important thing, especially a few days. Um, so as you can see over here, I've been hydrating. Um, so leading up. So even for your lunch and your suppers, I still, I still eating, I'm still still eating the same, but I'm trying to include more carbs. So a lot of times I get my carbs from my sweet potatoes, uh, my veg, and obviously your pastas, and and things like that. So yeah, so I've not, changing anything drastically Uh, but i'm just trying to have more carbs obviously there are other the other ways of nutrition and there are people who believe obviously doing things differently Uh, but i found that this works for me and there's a lot of research research to to support that about um and they usually call it carbo loading but at times people Mm -hmm. tend to um misconstrue that and they overeat so the idea is not to overeat but whatever you're eating try and have a greater portion of carbs
0: all right um you obviously we ran out a bit of, out of out of time uh that then concludes yeah. this part of uh, this uh, show mr pico uh thanks for joining us on the bench or more
7: with gorgs today thank you nathan and i'm glad for for the for being here you're glad for being here. i'm grateful for the invite and uh i'm keen now to come back again all Right, perfect thanks so much
0: cheers that was um, Tete Lili Biko lecturer at Nelson Mandela University and uh, exercise specialist after the break we chat to Sipon Jengezi, a fitness enthusiast who comes from humble beginnings Uh, he shares his his story on his life and how he became the local favourite and personal trainer down down in Cork Bay uh, Cape Town so do stay tuned after the break
3: On the bus, tryna meet ya. Love ya, heart beating fast, yeah. Just the love you say you too busy. Maybe exhausted, stupid boy, cause I trust ya. On the rush, tryna meet ya. Love ya, uber too slow, yeah. What a bummer, girls in the corner, game too smoothie Go on with your song. No. on a rush trying to meet ya, love ya, cry then sleep ya, yeah. what a bum, poison in a call, I'm getting a chance, go on with your bad
0: Right, we are back from the back. You listen to Gogs on the Bench Warmer. Our next guest is Sipon Jengezi. Sipon, welcome to my Divas Radio, brother.
1: Ah, uh, Thanks, brother. Thanks, Nathan. I really appreciate it. Easy, to So,
0: firstly, Sipon, tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, where you come from, and anything interesting about yourself.
1: Yo, okay, cool. I'll shorten briefly. Okay, cool originally from Johannesburg and uh when I was so I was from Johannesburg Nelsburg Hospital. I was born in Nelsburg Hospital mm. and um I stayed at a home called uh, it's a it's an orphans home for young children at uh it's called Ikeneni at Johannesburg and then I was transferred uh um to come to Cape Town so I was fostered and that's why I'm here in Cape Town. I was fostered by a family called um the Eads family and I had two families and um, the Ghana family and uh, the Eads family so two separate families and a white family and a black family and um, yeah so I stayed all my life in Cape Town I've been here for about 18 years now and uh, yeah and I grew up in a children's home called girls and boys town and there's, there was different circumstances at home where I was staying in Township at led to at KTC in and Nyanga. Um, and so I had to stay in a children's home all my life. So, and then, yeah, I loved it though. Like I learned so much skills when I was still there. I attended Claremont Primary School um, and uh, I went to Batavia. Uh, I was the head boy um, and uh, yeah, and I played Western Proms Academy. And yeah, I'm doing my Sunrise Sessions Fitness, yeah. Um, it.
0: Yeah. So, see, I first came um, to notice you from a post on Facebook about you and your story. Uh, a close friend of mine, who I consider as a sister, invited me to accompany her um to one of your events. How did um how did it all start for you? Uh, from orphanage, as you mentioned, to being a personal trainer in Cork Bay, Cape Town.
1: Yeah. So, I, 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 like for me, sport has been part of my industry. And I, I just love the, the fitness and just being as an athlete and just being as fit as I am and I can able to play rugby and I can be, always be chosen for games and stuff like that. Mm. I always had that, that mindset. I always wanted to play A team, you know, and I, I, I don't see myself playing B team. That, I had a driven attitude to, to do better than, than others. And, um, but that was involved with me. So I started doing sport when I was very young, 13 years old, I started to play rugby and to learn the conditioning and all the stuff. And I was so interested that I had to keep myself and I was loving myself that I'm doing this and I'm, I'm playing in the A team, all the things are happening. And so yeah, and then and then I started to go to sports science, sports science institution um, at Newlands. They gave me like a membership um, through Jill Taylor, the lady that who was in charge with me. And, um, and I started to see a lot of exposure, how they work with, Um, trainings and stuff like that and I started to love it and obviously put it himself myself and started to do them, and yeah and it came to the point where like fitness actually I love fitness and it's part of my journey and I've been doing it and I haven't been complaining or anything and um, it's, it's so cool like to understand yourself like well fitness is your journey and I love it yeah
0: yeah, so obviously you've mentioned you've you've stayed in 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 uh, in the townships in Kuku, in in Kukulietu, KTC, and and uh, Nyanga. I mean, I'm from, I yeah. grew up in in Kukulietu. I I loved it. I loved my my childhood. How was it for you? I mean, obviously we all have our different um, opinions of 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 oh, yeah. many ideologies. What what's your take on 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 your um
1: on your surroundings in Kukulietu and KTC and Nyanga? Yo, so like for my take, I'd say like. Um... I think, like, because of the gangsterism and stuff like that, my, my, my family that was fostering me at Guguletsu and Young and KTC, all these places, um, they were more worried about me that Sipo um, that was going out with bad friends, hanging out. And, um, but the whole point for me also, it was not to, to stay there because I wanted to leave the township because mm. I knew the township plays a, a bad role in, 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 in Young, youngsters at, mm. who are still in school. That who oh, want to be involved in gangsterism. So I just wanted to put myself under those shoes, and it's it's been a tough time, obviously, like leaving the family behind and just going to an orphan's home and stable where It's going to be more controllable and follow the rules and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: So have you have you since you've left? Have you gone back and maybe you went to go visit your old your your old family? Could yeah,
1: yeah, Have you gone back? Yeah, most, yeah, most definitely, man. Like. um I think that's a big important thing that don't forget about the people that who teach you the stuff and you know i learned so much from them and um and the culture and religion type of things and you know i was exposed to those things you know like as a a black as a black boy who grew up um need to understand his culture and his his um traditional you know Mm. so yeah man it's it's so important that i can always go back and always learn and there's something. There's Is there something that I'm missing or, or not? You know that I need to catch up. And but yeah, man. Mm.
0: So obviously, you you you've mentioned um, that uh, you played for Western Province Rugby Academy. Can you share a bit about that and how the experience was? For yeah. You?
1: So yeah, it was the best year um, ever, the ever, 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 ever uh, experience mm. because Western Province Academy. It, it showed like how to be an athlete, young yeah, athlete, out of school, coming out of school and coming to the the big world now and being like professional and and being exposed to to the fitness and things like that Um, and the guys are so different backgrounds come from different province and meeting up with different people from overseas Uh, i met so much people and um, i got opportunity to go overseas also um, to Argentina what an awesome year that it has been for me at Western Bronze Academy but it's been marvelous Uh, I cannot the, the, the expression about it—it's it's the best year for me, like really. I met so much young athletes who come from different schools and different backgrounds. Mm.
0: So you play for Falls Bay now, right?
1: And the last time Yeah, you- I'm playing for Falls Bay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so. Uh, so uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So at the moment, at the Falls Bay guys, we we, we doing CrossFit. Um. So Tuesday and Wednesdays, So the guys are smashing it and killing it. Um. And they're loving it too because it's good for us to keep going and still have that driven mindset to still play rugby and looking forward for next season, even though during this pandemic time, it's been tough for us, for everyone. Yeah, yeah I was actually
0: tempted to to come to one of the training sessions, but obviously after our training <laughs> session, a um, couple of weeks, or two last week, <laughs> I was like, um, it's probably not a good idea. But I mean, it's good to, to hear that people are keeping, are, are keeping active. But last, last question, uh, for all those who want to attend one of your sessions, do you want to perhaps provide more information
1: Uh, about your your sessions? Yeah, so, okay, cool. Like, um, so, okay, so, so we, so the, okay, the sessions that we have, it's Monday to Saturday, okay? From Monday to Saturday, um, and they, the times have changed, so we have like 7 o'clock, fast, um, fast, uh, sorry, the, the fire starters and the intermediate. So the, the fire starters are, are athletes who are top of my level, like who fitness level, who are really like really fit and who can really cope with the challenge. And in the intermediate are the people that who are in between, they still need to try their best to go through the challenges, mm-hmm. um, but they're still pushing through. And uh, yeah, so those are the two groups that we have at the moment because um, we're going to do the sunset. Session uh, like a sunset session evening Mm. for people, those who don't able not able to make it for the sessions Mm -hmm. in the mornings, Mm -hmm. so they can make it for the evenings. Um, But yeah, so we have different varieties like working at the beach, um, doing uh, beach sands, body sand workout, cardio, stretching, ab balance, strength, and stairs. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, you do a lot of different things that you. Can use outside the resources outside there, and the yeah, community and, are loving it too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So obviously, um, how like obviously you didn't really mention the the how people book and how obviously how much it costs for a session.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, so so the, the cost actually is it's fifty rand per person, mm. and um, so if you want to book, um, there's a there's a number on my Instagram and my bio. Um, you'll just get it there and send me a message and say, okay, I'll be clean, um, I have two mates, or if you have two friends and you just bring them in, tell me, let me know and then I know how many people that I can accommodate for those sessions and it depends on what you're going to be doing also for the day. So,
0: yeah, so um, yeah, um, what's, your, what's your social media handle for all those who don't know the, um, your social media handle? So, my social media is fitness um, with SIPO. Yeah. Okay. Alright, thanks Super, for joining us on the Benchwoman with Gorgs. Uh Please do continue to do a uh, positive work and changing people's lives for the better. I will definitely see you uh, for another killer session at Cork Base Stairs tomorrow.
1: La <laughs> leka, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, really, Nathan. And um, thank you for welcoming me to your channel. And uh, I'm looking forward to you to from your side and from the other people. Thanks so much, man. I really no, appreciate it. Easy, easy. Well done. Thanks, brother. Easy.
0: All right, so that obviously uh, concludes today's show of the Bench Warmer with Gorgs uh, on Madiba's Radio. Uh, you catch us again next time, same time, same place on Friday uh, between 5 and 6 p.m. So do stay tuned and do enjoy the rest of your weekend. See you soon.